Luke 19:11 through 27. Now, while they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and they thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So he said, a nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then to return. And he called ten of his own slaves and gave them ten minas and said to them, do business with this money until I come back. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these slaves to whom he had given the money be summoned to him so that he would learn how much they had made by the business they had done. The first slave appeared saying, Master, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good slave. Since you have been faithful in a very little thing, you are to have authority over ten cities. The second one came saying, Your mina, master, has made five minas. And he said to him also, And you are to be over five cities. And then another came saying, Master, here is your mina, which I kept tucked away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you, because you are a demanding man. You take up what you did not lay down and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, From your own lips I will judge you, you worthless slave. Did you know that I am a demanding man, taking up what I did not lay down and reaping what I did not sow? And so, why did you not put my money in the bank? And when I came back, I would have collected it with interest. And then he said to the other slaves who are present, Take the mina away from him and give it to the one who has the ten minas. And they said to him, Master, he already has ten minas. I tell you that to everyone who has, more shall be given, but from the one who does not have, even that he does have, shall be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine, who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them in my presence. Thank you, Marianne. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. I'm going to sit down and try this. I don't know if I'll be able to stay here, but uh, we'll try it. The story of the minas sounds very familiar to the story of the talents, but it is two separate stories. The story of the talents was given at the um, Mount of Olives, at the Olivet Discourse. This Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem. Uh, three guys in the, in the story of the talents, ten guys in the story of the minas. So there's a difference there. It's not the same story. Luke is the only one that has the story of the minas. And Jesus is telling this story. He just left Zacchaeus. 
you know, the wee little man, and the wee little man was he that climbed up in the sycamore tree. His whole life has changed because he has met Jesus. And Jesus had just left that. That takes place in Jericho. And he's headed from Jericho to Jerusalem. The next story is the triumphal entry where Jesus enters as a king into Jerusalem and the whole crowd is shouting, Hosanna to the king. And Jesus is saying, that's not what this is about. My kingdom is not here. It's not going to be an immediate kingdom. While they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was not near, because he was near Jerusalem and they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. We're going to Jerusalem. Some crazy, incredible things are going to be happening and Jesus is going to take over. That's what's going through their mind. Back in verse 17, chapter 17, In verse 20, it says, Now having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with the signs to be observed. When we talk about the kingdom of God, we're not talking about triumphal entries and trumpets blaring and flags flying and banners and castles and... That's not what Jesus' kingdom was. They're looking to overthrow. Everybody was still looking for Jesus to overthrow the Roman government, to take place here on this earth and set up his kingdom and free us from this oppression from the Romans. But Christ's program was altogether different. He was to implement an era into which the kingdom would be manifest and rule in the hearts of men, the rule of God in the hearts of men through faith in the Savior. That kingdom of heaven is going on right now, not because we have some guy in a castle ruling over us, but because we have the Savior in our hearts. That's where the kingdom of God is. And that's what Jesus is trying to explain. It's not going to be what you think it is. It's going to be completely different. And what you see next week when I get on this little donkey and we ride in and they're shouting Hosanna to me, don't be surprised by what's going to happen. Because what you think is completely different. So he tells this parable. Uh, So he said, a nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom of himself and then return. This creates a perfect word picture that these disciples understood immediately. Because that's exactly how it worked in New Testament times. Kings in the Roman provinces like Galilee and Perea, actually went to Rome to receive their kingdoms. 
The entire Herodian dynasty was dependent on Rome for ruling power. And Herod the Great himself had gone to Rome to be given the kingdom. So that's how things happened back then. A man goes away to a foreign country, receives his kingdom, and then comes back. And Jesus is saying, there is this man that's going to do that. I am this man. I am going away. My kingdom is not going to take place in a week when I ride this little donkey down the street. I have to go away and receive my kingdom somewhere else, and then I will be back to set up my kingdom. But they just don't quite get it. So he tells this story. And he went, a nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then return. And he called ten of his slaves and he gave them ten minas and he said to them, do business with this until I come back. Now a mina is about three months worth of work. Ten guys, each one received one mina which is a whole lot less than what the talents were in the talents of the story uh, the story of the talents a talent is a weight it's a measure of weight it's not a specific coin you could have a talent of gold or you could have a talent of silver a tower copper or whatever a talent of silver would be worth a lot less than a talent of gold a mina is a specific coin worth a certain amount of money about 3 months worth of wages Here it is, do business in my name until I come back. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. They knew exactly what he was talking about because this happened about 20 years previous to this. A man was sent to Rome to receive his kingship. And a delegation of Jews went to the leader and said, we do not want this man, and they give it to him anyway. This was precisely what happened to Archelaus. Archelaus, there we go. Archelaus. The son of Herod the Great, when he went to Rome, he made the Tetrarch of Judea. A delegation of Jews traveled to Rome to protest to Caesar Augustus, and he refused their complaint and made Archelaus king anyway. Archelaus subsequently built his palace in Jericho, not far from when Jesus told his parable. Archelaus' rule was so inept and despot that the Rome quickly replaced him with a succession of governors whom Pontius Pilate was the fifth one. In one week's time, Jesus is going to stand before Pontius Pilate. But Archelaus, this is exactly what happened in this parable. Now, who is Archelaus? Herod the Great, his... Dynasty was divided up into three different sections. Oh, 
Herod's kingdom was divided three ways and given to his sons. Archelaus ruled, ruled Judea, Samaria, and Idumania. <laughs> Herod Philip II ruled in regions of North Galilee, and Herod Antipas ruled Galilee and Perea. History records that Archelaus was so brutal and ineffective that he was removed by Rome after a short reign and replaced with a governor, Pontius Pilate. What else do we know about Archelaus? When Jesus was born, Herod was trying to kill all the baby boys. And so an angel came and said, flee to Egypt. And so Joseph, Mary, and Jesus fled to Egypt, was there roughly two or three years. And an angel came to Joseph and said, Herod is dead. Go back to to Israel. Joseph got back to Israel and found out that Archelaus was in charge now instead of Herod. And he said, I'm not staying here. I'm going north to Galilee out of his control. I do not want to be under the control of Archelaus. That's the story that Jesus is telling in Luke. When he tells this story, of they, they sent a, a delegation because we don't want to be under the control of this man. They knew exactly what he was talking about. But yet this story applies to Jesus also. The Jews did not want to be under the control of Jesus. There is no way they were going to make this man Messiah. He was anything but that. We know where he come from. And not only do we not want him, we do not want any of his followers as our leader. Think Stephen. Think every one of the martyrs of Jesus. We don't want you anywhere close to control of us. Verse 15. And then when he returned after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these slaves to whom he had given the money be called to him so that they might know the business that they had, they had done. And first appeared, saying, Master, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good slave, because you have been faithful with a very little thing. You are to be in authority over ten cities. It was a very little thing, but God blessed that. He multiplied it ten times. Take this little mina, and I multiplied it ten times. This story showed Jesus' followers what to do during the time of departure and his second coming. Because we all live in that time period, the time between when he told this story and his second coming, this applies directly to us. We have been given excellent resources to build and expand God's kingdom. Jesus expects us to use these talents so that they may multiply and the kingdom grows. And he asks each of us to account for what we have done with our gifts while awaiting the coming kingdom in glory. We must be doing the work of Christ. 
My question to you tonight is what is your mina? We have all been given minas by the noblemen, by the king. I am going away to receive my kingdom. Do my business while I'm gone. Here is a mina. Make it work for you. Make it work for me. We have all been given minas. What are you using your mina for? Back up a little bit. What is your mina? Phil. I brought mac and cheese. You've got mac and cheese? Mac and cheese can be a mina. Absolutely. I had the ability, Phil, to cook. I can bless other people with that ability that God has given me. Could be a mina. What else could be a mina? Nothing. Offering. 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 Thank you. Finances. Finances, yes. Offering. Money. We can use that for the glory of God to multiply it, to further His ministry. What else has God given you? Got an artist in here. A lot of what? Got an artist in here. Artist in here. Absolutely. That is a mina given specifically to Lane that he uses for God's glory. Absolutely. The ability to share and talk with people. Darcy has that. And it works very well to her. How many people are here because of Darcy? Absolutely. And there's more of it because, yeah, you guys don't count. (laughs) And she's too humble to say singing. Yeah. But for some people, that would be an absolute curse. To be able to go up to a total stranger and just start talking to him. But for you, it's a mina. It's something that God has given you, and you use it to your honor and your glory. Are all minas good? Are the things as something bad in your life that can be used as a mina? What if you end up with cancer? And you struggle through all the treatments of cancer, and you come out on the other side cancer-free to the, to the glory and honor of God. And you have a testimony that you can share with other people who are struggling going through cancer and say, I was at my lowest point, and the only way I made it through was because of God's grace. The peace that I had because of my relationship with Jesus is unexplainable. I can't tell you what it feels like because it's it's not human. It only comes from Jesus Christ. And the struggle that you're going through facing cancer, I understand that totally. But until you receive Jesus Christ, you will never know the peace that passes all understanding. 
It may not be cancer. It may be divorce. It may be the death of a loved one. It may be a broken family. All kinds of things that are bad that we can use as a mina to serve God and to magnify His glory in this world that we are working towards bringing other people to Christ while he is gone, we are still working for him. Verse 15. And when he returned, after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these slaves to whom he had given money to be called to him so that we might know the business that they are, that he had done. For believers, this is going to happen right after the rapture when we stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. That is a good thing. When we, he hands out the glories and the stones and the precious jewels that we can lay at his feet saying, the only reason I did this is so I have something to give back to you. That's when it happens for the believer. For the Israelite, for the Jew, it's going to happen in the millennial kingdom when Jesus finally comes back to reign for a thousand years here on this earth. And they are going to realize that the man that we crucified is really the Messiah. That's when it's going to happen for the Jewish people when he says, what have you done for me while I was gone? For believers, it's going to happen at the judgment seat of Christ right after rapture. Verse 16 And the first appeared, saying, Master, your mina has made me ten minas more. The money was used to advance the master's interest. It wasn't the slave's interest. It was the master's interest. It was, what did the master want? What was his goal? What was his achievements While I was gone, while he was gone, what was I supposed to be doing in order to further his ministry? The minas that you have received in your life, and you're all going through them in your mind thinking, God has given me this, and God has given me this, and God has given me this. How am I using it to further his ministry? And that's what this whole story is about. What are we doing to further God's ministry? Or are we just sitting on it like the last guy? Before we get to the last guy, let's go to the second guy. Uh, Verse 17, and he said to him, Well done, good slave, because you have been faithful in a very little thing. Even if you have very little, and you don't think your mina is very much, that the talent, the money, the whatever God has given me, it's so small and piddly, it's not going to make any difference in this whole scheme of things, you're still responsible for it. He still expects you to do something with it. Don't sit on it. 
And the second came to him, saying, Your mina master has made five minas. And he said to him also, And you are to be over five cities. And another came to him and said, Mina, uh, master, here's your mina, which I kept put away in a handkerchief because I was afraid of you. Because you are an exacting man and you take up what you did not lay down and you reap what you did not sow. You're a harsh taskmaster. Jesus never said anything that this was a true statement. But he condemned the man on his own thought process, saying, if this is who you are, then why didn't you do what you thought I was going to do to you? If you knew I was an exacting man, he used his words word for word. And he said to him, by your own words, I will judge you, you worthless slave. Did you know that I am an exacting man? Did I take up what I did not lay down and I reap what I did not sow? Then why did you not put my money in the bank? And having come, I would have at least collected interest. What are you doing with what little bit God has given you? Verse 23, and he said, Then why did you not put my money in the bank? And having come, I would have not, at least not collected it with interest. This verse says, If you're not going to use the mina that God has given you, give it to somebody else and let them use it. pretty harsh but if you're not going to use it for his glory let somebody else use it for his glory but if you had the choice between the two (laughs) I'd change your attitude and use it for his glory so you have something to throw at his feet when you get there Verse 24, And then he said to the bystanders, Take the mina away from him, and give it to the one who has ten minas. And they said to him, Master, he already has ten minas. And I tell you, to everyone who has, more shall be giving, but from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. This is a spiritual law that is just as solid as any physical law. The physical law of gravity, if you jump off the roof, you will hit the ground. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is a spiritual law. If you don't use what God has given to you, it will be taken away and given to somebody who does have it. If God has appointed you to speak to John Doe, and you fail at that mission... He is going to give that mission to John Smith. And John Smith is going to speak to John Doe because John Smith is good at what he does. Why do you think Darcy has all these opportunities to speak to people? Because she takes advantage of them. 
And God keeps giving her more and more and more. Spiritual law that cannot be broken. If I use what he gives me, more will be given to me. I use our butchering as a ministry. got a call this last week saying there is going to be a homesteading conference right here in Lake Odessa for the whole state of Michigan, and we want you to be speaker. I have an opportunity to share God with a lot of people, a lot more than will ever come to my farm, because I am not afraid to share God with the people that do come to my farm. I am faithful in the little things, so he gives me more. If you are faithful in the little things, why do some people, when everything they touch, it turns to money? It just seems like there's those people out there. And they're blessed by God, and they know it, and they give back liberally to God. Because who much has been given, much is desired. If you have a lot, he will give you more. That's exactly, it's a, it's a spiritual law that can't be broken. What are you doing with the minor that you have? And what he shall have shall be taken away. Verse 27. But these enemies of mine, who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them in my presence. Wow. That's pretty harsh stuff. Those enemies of mine who did not want me to rule over them. Who was that? That would have been the Jewish people. The Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees that said, Absolutely not. No way are we ever going to have this man as our Messiah. And he said, bring them here. And in A.D. 70, he completely wiped out the whole Jewish religion by wiping out Jerusalem. Yeah, it's still around as a nation, but they have no way to sacrifice. Their whole religion was taken away from them. Slay me in their presence. So why was the king so hard on this man? Back in verse, uh, man number three, verse 19, uh, no, verse uh, 20. Bryce, and another came saying, Master, your mina, which I kept away and put in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you because you were an exacting man. And he said to him, verse 22, by your own words, I will judge you. You did not know that I am an exacting man, taking up what you did not lay down and reaping what I did not know. Then why did you not at least put the money and collected interest? And he said to the bystanders, take the mina away. So why was the king so hard on this man? What was the rules when the king left? said, 
conduct business in my name. Pretty broad statement. Right. And he, so he didn't use the gun, right? And he saw his master and went for kind of pretty bad, yeah, like uh, projected some kind of uh, bad character onto his master, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, one of the reasons, there's four reasons, he didn't share the the master's interest in his kingdom. Man number three didn't have the same goals as his master. What are your goals for the master's kingdom? Are they the same as the master's? Or are you more concerned about yourself? than the master's goals. That was another one of the man's issues, that he was more concerned what the master would do if he messed up or if he lost it. He had eye problems. He didn't trust the master's intentions. If I take this mina and use it for the master, is the master really going to have control over it like I would have control over it? Is he going to do with it what I would have done with it? Or is he going to do something completely that I think is completely silly? He didn't have the master's interest. He didn't trust the master. And so he did nothing with the money. That's why the master dealt with him so harshly. Like the king in this story, God has given you gifts to use for the benefit of the kingdom. That's why you have minas. That's why you have a job. That's why you have money. That's why you have friends. That's why you have abilities. That's why you have absolutely anything is because God has given it to, not for your glory, but for his glory to advance the kingdom. Are you using that to advance the kingdom? Do you want the kingdom to grow? Oh, yeah, sure. I want the kingdom to grow. Of course I do. We're in church. That's the right answer. It's got to be that answer. But deep down inside, do your actions show what you really believe? Uh, Not interested in that guy. Can't help that guy. I don't think I want to give up my whatever, my mina, for that purpose. Do you trust God to govern it fairly? Whose is it anyway? It was God's mina that he gave to you to use for his glory to do business with while he's away receiving his kingdom. If it's his mina, are you using it his way? Or have you confiscated that mina and put it in your own pocket? Are you concerned for others' welfare or you are your own as you are your own? What about the guy holding up the sign at the intersection? Are you concerned for him as much as you are for you? 
Ouch. Why not? Did God, Jesus, die for that man as well as you? The struggling family next door. You know, name it. Whatever the Spirit has laid on your heart and you're saying, no, no, not, not that, God. Uh, pick somebody else. He will pick somebody else. And it will be taken away from you. Are you willing to faithfully use what He has entrusted you with? Think over everything that you have because he has entrusted all of that for his honor and his glory, for his kingdom, not your kingdom. Yeah, you can use it for for your benefit as long as it benefits the kingdom. You know, I'm not saying be a monk, but I'm saying the things that he has given you, use for his benefit and his glory. There's all kinds of ways that The kingdom can be enriched, enlarged, magnified. That's the only reason we're still here, and that's the only reason that God has not come back, because he is not willing that any should perish. And unless we do our job, he can't do his. He's waiting for us to do our job, to make sure that the very last person that's going to be saved is saved, and then he can come back. Are we doing our job? Joe?
with my eyes up, my help comes from the Lord. my eyes up, my help comes from the Lord. Oh my God, He will not delay my refuge and strength always. I will not fear His promise is true. God will come through always, always. Lord, as we go through this week, help us to rely on You, to always look for You for our strength. Help us to evaluate our lives, to evaluate our minds, to... Check to see who are we really using them for and knowing that the strength that we need to use them from you, for you, comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen.